This is Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com and presented by mybookie.ag. Go to mybookie.ag today and use promo code ROSTER for a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Uh, more about that later. Byron, it's been week one. We've got a whole week here. I can't believe it. We're here for actual in-season content. The waiver wire cheat sheet is now up over at rosterwatch.com. The snap counts, touches, and targets are up over at rosterwatch. I'm getting the matchup tool and the initial run of rankings up right now. It feels aw- it, it feels awesome, brother. What the hell's going on? Well, I think we should begin by pointing out something very, very important about using the waiver wire cheat sheet every week this season, Alex. It's, you know, the best strategy in the long run for using this tool is to cultivate from the bottom is every week you want to drop one or two players off the bottom of your roster and you want to pick a guy or two up off the waiver wire. But in the long run, the real sharp folks are picking up guys for cheap off the bottom of this tool uh, a week or two before they rise up to become more expensive waiver wire options down the road. That's really how you want to do it. So, uh, you know, the sheet is always arranged in order of priority for the week, but it's there's never a mandate to go after the guys at the very top. Well, and so much of it will depend on so much of it will depend on your specific situation, right? It's like right now, if you, uh, you know, if you own Le'Veon Bell, or you know, if you've been swindled by you know some Marlon Mack ownership you know where you were depending on a guy like that or um, James Conner or any of these guys obviously you're gonna you know there's some running backs on the sheet this week that are important and week one is usually a a really big week this this week especially Byron I mean I just I want to get your thoughts on this because we didn't have any preseason this year we didn't get to see how these teams were using these guys this was our first glimpse at usage that like that we would have probably gotten in week three of preseason for about one half of football we're getting to see it now that intelligence and that information would have been baked into the original cheat sheets and everything like that. And that's information that we're just now getting that the, the rest of the industry is just now getting. And so with the specific, a few specific things that happened, you know, that are important that we, that we need to react to and that we need to you know claim these guys off of waivers if we can, but there's also just general usage based trends that we you know, not that we were necessarily saying we're going to happen or saying weren't going to happen or whatever, but now we've sort of now we've actually seen it and we and, and we know that it's true. We're not going to get these sort of opportunities ever again this season to be able to have this much new information come in, which makes this week on the waiver wire really really valuable. So it's a, it's a it's a big week. I'd be interested just to hear if you as far as your general you know your 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 general theory on that. No no. Well, I think it's interesting that you decided to open with that because I actually had uh, a little bit different view this year in week one than I've had in years past, and I think it aligns with what you're uh, putting out there, Alex. Um, 
you know, generally speaking, we're very frugal on the waiver wire all the way until the end of the end of the season, um, towards the end of the season. Uh, I think you can make the case that oftentimes uh, week one, there's uh, artificial upward pressure on uh, free agent budget spends and, and waivers. Um, and usually we're, Usually we don't want to go crazy with that, but I do think this year that situation has been ex- exacerbated. So we've had a lot of really tough injuries early uh, that I think are going to force people's hands here. And then drafts, just generally speaking, you know, were uh, there was questions up and down the draft boards this year from the top to the bottom, Alex. And it's because of that lack of information uh, coming into the season that, that you just spoke to. Um, and, you know, therefore, people, I think, might feel a little bit more sense of urgency or dire need to kind of backfill some holes in their roster here in week one right out of the gate. And I do think that's going to force um, force pricing up, force bids up a little bit this week. Yeah, I, I think that as we talk about some of these guys at the very at the very top of the sheet and, you know, we'll start. But before we do that, can I just ask you something completely off the radar about the Broncos last night? What? Is it just every time that you see Jerry Judy drop a pass, is it just wild to you to see that good a football player that's that good in every aspect of his football game look like he has the worst goddamn hands you've ever seen? When I would when I would watch him on tape, I would notice the drops sometimes. And I just be like, man, it's like he's, 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 he's so good. This, it didn't like this is going to continue. And then last night, just two egregious drops from that guy after he's run these most – he's killing. He's killing the, the, the Titans. He's getting separation at will. He looks like one of the best route runners in the league already. And then he puts his hands up and it's like, they're, it's like it got fucking bricks for hands. Did that surprise? Like, does that still always just shock you to shock you to see? Well, I don't mean to contradict you, Alex, but I mean, for me, that was, you know, very clearly one of the knocks on him coming out. So I wasn't surprised by it, but to your point, but you noticed he's so he's, to your point, he's so good everywhere else in his profile that even when you know that, it is maybe a little bit shocking because it doesn't comport with how good he is everywhere else. So, no, I wasn't surprised by it like you were last night, um, I, but I, I can see why you make that case. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I was surprised by it because well, I mean you can even look up our look up our profile on Judy. We said that sometimes he has the hands, but it's just every time to me it just, it just always looks shocking. I, I can't believe a guy that looks that good has such bad hands. It's it's like well, I mean. It's, um, You've watched Amari Cooper, right? Yeah, but it's the same um, thing. Great route runner that's dropped away too many easy balls in his career. So we'll see. We said yeah. Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, best prospect since Amari Cooper. We couldn't couldn't necessarily rate Jerry Judy above that kind of prospect because he has some similar issues coming out. C.D. Lamb, by the way, about to get absolutely sick with Blake Jarwin out of the picture. Totally in Dallas. Totally, and and he's probably way too owned to be on the cheat sheet. So we won't talk about him too much. But there are some guys you just want to like. We'll just do this like usual, Byron. We'll fire through it. Everybody, please remember if you want to get the entire cheat sheet along with our uh, range of free agent budget bids and everything else, go to rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership. You don't. You not only get this but you'll get the snap counts touches and targets you'll get this week's matchup tool when i get it up you'll get the vegas tool uh the touchdown dependency tool the dfs cheat sheets for DraftKings, for FanDuel, the hyper dfs lineup generator um tra- trash man's flex ranking uh, there's just there's just so much it's only 5.99 the cheapest premium uh, fantasy subscription 
in the biz, go over there to rosterwatch.com, but we will go over kind of the tiers here and how we sort of see it playing out. And at the running back position, not going in any specific order here, I'd like to start out by talking about Benny Snell, who there's a little bit of, little bit of, um, maybe a little bit of cool water being thrown on, you know, maybe the promise of picking him up right now with the James Conner injury from last night because uh, Mike Tomlin saying he's going to leave the light on for him and he expects him to be back pretty soon. My deal was, and I think you tweeted this from the roster watch Twitter, Byron, was that he just looked better than Connor even beforehand. And he looked faster and he looked like slimmer. And he just looked like a di- I don't want to say he's Le'Veon Bell because that's not what I'm saying at all. But he almost looked like he almost looked like Le'Veon Bell in the way that he went from uh, being a Steelers running back that looked kind of a little bit kind of a little bit plump and slow the year before to just being a lot more streamlined and just look, looking he he just looked a lot better man he he didn't look like Benny the Snail Snell he he looked like he looked really good and then as i went and looked at the touchdown dependency tool this morning i noticed he's still you know 0% touchdown dependent because you know no touchdowns last night but when you when you sort by touches per game I, he's one of only a few guys that got like a, like him, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Melvin Gordon, surprisingly, but B- Benny Snell was better than all these guys in his yards per attempt yeah, uh, last night. Nineteen attempts for 113 yards. He also had the he also had the the uh, the one target, but that's 5.9 um, 5.9 yards per attempt, and on that big a volume for 19, you know, on 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 19 touches. That that's a big deal. I mean, that's better than Kareem Hunt on 17 touches. Better than Clyde Edwards-Elair on 25 touches. Melvin Gordon was at 5.2 last night on 18 touches. Interestingly, Adrian Peterson was at 6.6 yards per attempt on 17 touches, which was just, I mean, just brutal for carrying just on. Just angry out. and mad as hell out there. Like you said, he never wants to be the lesser man in any encounter. And Ever. boy, did that show up on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But it's so but Benny Snell actually looking good. And um, – I, I was kind of deciding. I, I see how you have them listed here on the sheet, and we always talk about how the, how the sheet's tiers. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, in, in in rankings. But for me, it was it was it was really hard at the top. Uh, whether I would put Benny Snell at the very top, what do you think? And what does this mean about uh, about Connor? Because we know that now Tomlin thinks Connor's coming back, but the fact is Connor's always hurt, and I just. You know, we don't like to talk about guys being injury prone and stuff like this, but dude, that guy's injury prone. I mean, he just is. I don't know if it's, I've heard lots of speculation about why and some of it's cockamamie. Some of us could be like, what are you, where are you exactly on, on Snell? I mean, is he a, is he a safe pickup rest, rest of the way? Is he a pickup for now? What do you think? Well, I'm a bit of a Benny Snell truther, and that's because I've had a penchant for, the running backs in the mold of the Alexander Madison, the David Montgomery, um, you know, even as we've discussed online, I thought Zach Moss this year had some of those qualities. And we actually did hear that many Snell slimmed down uh, in this offseason in an attempt to get a little bit quicker because that was the one knock on him. And, and the reason that I like those guys, Alex, um, they're never going to wow you with explosive athleticism, but those guys are natural born running backs. They run with great leverage and they have great speed position-specific skills. they got good vision, good feet, um, good leverage that they run with, and, and, and they're good three-down backs. So uh, I'm happy to see it for Snell. Um, 
I think if you have a realistic look at the backfield in Pittsburgh, um, even though they try to always espouse the bell cow workhorse uh, role there, I just think it stands to reason that they have one of the deepest, most talented backfields in the league. And it's, it's never made sense to me that they wouldn't deploy some kind of committee. It may not be what they like to do, but today Mike Thomas says they're going to be leaving the light on for James Conner. And he's certainly going to, have access uh, to playing time when he's uh, when he's back, which sounds like he avoided a major injury. So I think you have to be honest with yourself and say Benny Snell looked great. If somehow he did run away with the lead job in this offense, he would be an incredible value. But I think there's pretty realistic view is that there's some committee committee-ish aspects uh, to this one as we look. And then I think you make another great point. Uh, the waiver wire cheat sheet's all about tiers. I think it's very important that we point that out. And I think you could rank any of the guys in the top tier basically any any number of ways. Um, I I th- I kind of I kind of I kind of think that Naheem <laughs> I, I I I think that Naheem Hines needs to be ranked in the top two. I think if we're if you're ranking, you, you, you got to go get Naheem Hines. Let's just go into him and you know, kudos to anybody. It like I had it about right then. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just we talked about it, man. He looks like a little woodhead or something out there. Like he, he, you know, for for. For um, for Philip Rivers and it's like Austin Eckler's loss and Austin Eckler talk. You know, we haven't even talked about that, but only getting one only getting one target from Terod Taylor, brutal. Um, then you go, you know, you go check out Naheem Hines, and just let me let me just look at the snap counts, touches, and targets tool. I, I mean, if you were just watching the game, you realize that he was involved. Very, he was involved in the game very, very early. Whereas Jonathan Taylor didn't even get a touch until the second quarter of that game. It was Naheem Hines and it was Marlon Mack, meaning that the plan was that he, Naheem Hines was going to be involved regardless. Now he's going to have to be involved regardless. It's almost like we have a one A sort of one B situation here. Naheem Hines, fifty three percent of the snaps, eight targets, fifteen touches for seventy three and two touchdowns. First question was was do you think that was his best game of the season? Eh, maybe, 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 I don't, maybe, I don't know. We'll see, but I like nine minds. Um, you know, I think in this situation, Alex, he's one of the guys that's got the clearest cut role moving forward. I think there's a very enticing PPR aspect to it. Yep. Uh, you love the offensive line that he plays on. You love the history of Philip rivers with guys like Eckler and Woodhead. And then I think just generally, if you're honest with yourself, like, Naeem Hines had a bigger role than anybody ever expected in week one. And so like you lose Marlon Mack and his role is going to shrink. That doesn't make any sense. Like I think he's, his role has now been solidified. Maybe it doesn't have, you know, massive upside, but it sure is pretty enticing. And I'll tell you, look, as I started at the beginning of the show, not these running backs we're talking about at the top, these guys aren't for everybody, but they're based on the circumstances that we're laying out here, there's going to be somebody in your league that gets aggressive after these dudes is going to push the, the bidding, you know, up on these guys uh, for a number of reasons, you know, especially if they were owned, own or did own any of the principal guys in any of these backfields and maybe have been affected by injury or whatnot now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think Hines is a guy that not everybody has to pursue, but certainly a running back that I'd look to get, pretty aggressive with if uh, I was in any kind of PPR format, half point full, and I needed to fill a running back hole in a uh, competitive league at this point. 
Indy is going to have some some pretty pretty good looking matchups coming up too. They'll have they have two home, they have a two game home stand there on the there on the fast track at Lucas Oil, Minnesota, who looks like absolute shit on defense, is going to be coming in, and then the Jets, who are just a, an abomination, are coming in. So that is um, that's that is two in a row. They'll have a tough one in Week Four at Chicago, but then after that it gets really good again before the week seven bye because they'll, they'll go to Cleveland, which looks to be a, looks to be a really good matchup. And then also Cincy, which figures to be a, a pretty good matchup as well. So um, four out of five matchups leading into the bye look to be at least favorable there for, uh, for Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, just from Jonathan Taylor, from a Jonathan Taylor perspective, are you, um, I know you, you're, you're going to have the trade cast starting soon. Uh, we haven't got really into trading time yet, but would, would you would you be going after Jonathan Taylor right now in, in in trades? Do you think that somebody might have seen him the first week and thought uh, maybe there's a little bit to be um, desired there since they had Marlon Mack starting ahead of him and stuff like that? Maybe you could still get him from somebody not really seeing him as a sort of a low end RB one, which he probably should project as moving forward. I mean, I'm really interested in Jonathan Taylor, but I don't view him. I don't see in most leagues that he would be a buy low. I mean, I think people are going to know you think, that. You think people do Taylor was Taylor was a guy they spent like a pretty high, a higher draft right. pick on than really we were even comfortable with based on the situation. So they're invested. They got great news. They got lucky, man. There's people hitting one outers. Yeah, at the beginning of the early, you know, we get people hitting one outers uh, right before the season starting. You know, I feel like a lot of this stuff that's happening right now, man, is stuff that usually would have happened in the preseason. Yeah. We're going to get it for a week or two here. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if we see some early season trades of players, important players. You hear Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Zachary. I mean, I think, I think these are guys that might have gotten traded in the preseason in past years, and I wouldn't be surprised if week one or two is an extension of preseason this year. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, I guess you're, I guess you're dashing all, all of my popes here. I was hoping I might be able to swindle around in some of our leagues and see if I could to see if I could take Jonathan Taylor off of anybody's hands for some well, kind I mean, of how, I mean, yeah, I know you're an expert. I mean, but what if, if you own Jonathan Taylor, how would you feel about him right now? I, I think that you I feel want strong. to let him know, I, I, but I think I, <laughs> but I think I would feel stronger about him than, than my league mates. I think I would, I think that it would be harder to get him out of my hands than it would out of, out of one of my league mates hands. So I'm going to try and get him out of the hands of one of my league mates. Well, fair I'm, enough, I'm gonna, but I think most of, them spent, most of them spent a third round pick on him. So I'm not sure. Well, We'll see. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, if you can buy him, buy him. What I mean, what what about sending somebody? Ken, what about sending somebody Kenyon Drake for Jonathan Taylor? Who 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 Kenyon Drake sucked out big time to score the touchdown he did, and they might not have realized it. They might think this is a tough matchup. Um, uh, it's just like I don't. I mean, Kenyon Drake is a guy you got to be a little bit concerned about, I think. But I, I don't. Those are weird trades, right? I mean, I think if you have an unsuspecting guy in your league, maybe you can pull that off on him. But you know, anybody who's halfway smart just doesn't even like to do same position for same position trades because they don't make sense. And you kind of intuition should tell you something's a little fishy if somebody sends you something like that. Because why would they just want to do a position for position swap that make a lot of sense? Well, we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see if I can get it done. We'll, we'll see if I can get it done. Uh, so Naheem Hines, clearly a big pickup. The other guys in the running back tier, I don't know. Do, do you have any, I mean, Malcolm Brown, do you think that he holds on to a job over Cam Akers? He certainly looked like Malcolm Brown looked good, good, man. He looked better than he's looked before. And we've been watching him since, since he was back in high school. Do you think he holds on to the job? I think that we can all agree that Daryl Henderson 
should probably be left in the dust in the rearview mirror. He's had enough chances on his own. Do you think, I mean, if Malcolm Brown stick, hangs on to that, this, the, a role anywhere similar to the role that he had versus Dallas? What a, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a must add, an, an absolute must add. I think he could hang on to that role. We'll see. I mean, he could hang on to it long enough to render Cam Akers fairly ineffective for the first part of the season. Maybe Cam Akers will be a buy low option here in a few weeks. Joshua Kelly. Um, I don't think he got any targets. No, nobody got any targets from, from, from Tara Taylor, which is uh, a big issue moving forward. Let me make, make sure that that's right. Uh, nobody but Mike Williams. Except Mike Williams, right? I, he's supposed to have a hurt shoulder, but like he made a bunch of catches that looked like they would hurt his shoulder without even being banged up beforehand. Dude, he, he's, he's, he's good, man. He's coming to his own. And here's the thing is that I always thought, especially – he became almost like a last round pick there at the end. You know, you really weren't risking. What did you have to lose? I always thought that look, it's a downgrade for the Chargers receivers in general, getting Tyrod Taylor in there. But I always thought that if there was anybody that Tyrod could make hay out of, it would probably be Mike Williams, who he just kind of bombs it to. It's not some precision thing. Right. No, I, I get it. Well, I, but we for the high value stuff. Yeah. But well, I mean, Keenan Allen fell far enough that he was a value too. Right. But, uh, I think they were both presented some value, right? But uh, I, I liked getting Mike Williams at the end of my draft a whole lot more than spending a fifth-round pick on Keenan Allen. But both of them offered some appeal. Uh, we have some comments here in the chat. And I, th- I think this I Am Ion's cat, I think that that's our boy Minion Hunter, right? Is, is that Minion? Minion, if that's you, tell us. Because I don't want to answer just these random questions from just anybody. It's, he wants to know about McFarland, um, Anthony McFarland. Uh, is he on the cheat sheet? I mean, do we care that much right now about Anthony McFarland um, with James? I just feel like with, with, with James Conner coming back, I'm – okay, so, yeah, that that is Minion Hunter. Our you focus, saw Jalen Samuels still getting the game. Our focus right now – our focus right now is – is our focus – we're, we're more focused on Anthony McFarland and, and Dynasty Leagues right now. And I feel like we're probably a few weeks out and a little bit of injury information from James Conner out before we go, you know – that that deep into that running back room but dude if you have a feeling about it that i mean mcfarland's fine i would just say go by the go, go by the way we're our cheat sheet we know you're you've, you've been a long time pro member and, and we and, and we thank you for it joshua kelly though man we look at it so justin jackson gets hurt it's a it, it's a quad injury um i it, he still only gets in for 24 percent of snaps Yeah, I think he's got kind of a clear path to a role, though. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty evident that the team is like more interested in him getting that opportunity <laughs> than uh, Justin Jackson. So, I, you know, and the way that Eckler wasn't getting as involved in the past game, I don't know. I think you, you don't want to go all in. But uh, like, he looks pretty good, man. And they don't have a traditional running back on that roster. Uh, I think he's got a clear path to like a – 2A or 1B situation. Uh, I think I don't. I think they got too much invested in Eckler to let somebody overtake him at this point. But uh, Kelly could become the traditional running back in that group. Uh, could be a two man, two man. You know, could be a two man go. James Robinson was the only player who received 100 percent of his um, running back carries. <laughs> our boy James Robinson uh, this this week, which is just just crazy. I think he only had 16 of them. He looked good on some of them, 
pretty sure at the end he only ended up at about 3.8 yards per carry. Was it 16 for 68, something like that? I did the back of the napkin math, it, 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 16 for 62, something like that. So it, it wasn't exactly great, but um, looks like he's going to have a big role there. I just wonder, does it, does it evaporate once Reichwell Armstead, Devon Ozigbo, these, these, these guys get back in the next few weeks? It could. I mean, he's a guy you might have to take your chances on. Again, we'd, I'd rather focus on the cheaper guys at the bottom of the sheet. But if you're feeling desperate or you're in love with James Robinson, I think he is in that top tier this week for those reasons. Um, he got all the action. What can you argue with? Now, I and I think at times he looked pretty good. But like you said, 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, you got to remember, I mean, the guy's an undrafted free agent. There's a reason. Those guys don't usually make it in this league. So I'm not sure over the course of the game he really showed the juice that is eventually going to keep all the other guys off the field, but I was shocked. I mean, maybe it was because the game script stayed a lot more even than folks expected. I was shocked even in that scenario that Chris Thompson really didn't get any run. And, you know, we'll see a Zigbo and Armstead. I'd expect them to get involved at some point just to turn into some kind of committee. Um, but I think he's a guy that you might like you, if you need to take your chance on somebody, you might have to take your chances with James Robinson, James Robinson, depending on your situation. Why don't you talk about any of these players down the list a little bit that might be, interesting to you are there any of them that are that you're just like man maybe maybe next week we could be talking about this guy as a dude we said you know you you, you mentioned earlier one of the things that you really like to do is mine the bottom of this thing any guys you noticed who are who you think yeah i mean i think chase Edmonds might turn into a flex we'll see um i mean i still think madison is mainly an awesome handcuff but he looked possible flex worthy mckinnon obviously a guy to keep an eye on here um as a deep dude i Nikhil harry i mean if he can get to some good matchups on the schedule i think he's got a chance to be a a, a worthy pickup this year scotty miller in tampa bay i mean Pretty clearly, I think he needs to be rostered at this point and could be a solid pickup in uh, certain formats. Um, Logan Thomas, look, I mean, he gets the number one matchup in all of fantasy for tight ends going to Arizona this week, and I oh. mean, they tried to get him involved. They tried to get him involved, so I think he's oh, yeah. kind of a sneaky, real, I real love- sneaky pickup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But so, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to the tight ends shortly. I was I was just wondering if there's any, you know, any that you would any that it, in, at the running back spot. Let's talk about the wide receivers and at the at the very top. If you use the roster watch cheat sheet, you drafted Paris Campbell. We hope you we hope you're you know if you didn't, we hope he's available in your league because he looks like I don't dude. He looks like the he looks like Rivers' number one option. It's crazy, but he but he but he does. It's, it, it isn't crazy. I mean, he's awesome. But Paris, Paris Campbell, man. Paris Campbell. Yeah, he's just so, he's so smooth. We've always known he's an excellent route runner. I thought it really showed up. You know, Philip Rivers' arm maybe looked a little bit better than I expected, I think, based on the line. That said, by the end of the line play was improved, obviously, there versus with the Chargers. That said, by the end of the game, he was definitely throwing some floaters out there. So I think Campbell's a, a, you know, a good guy. To, to your point, Alex, I think it's funny when you look at the top tier waiver wire uh, receivers this week on, on the sheet. I mean, we drafted all those guys. If you used the cheat sheet, I mean, yeah. that's just kind of the, the basic fact of it. I it's Marquise Brown. It's pretty, Will Fuller. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's a bunch of like all these, of these dudes, dudes. Rounds five through round, right, round five through round 12. And just going, I mean, even the Anthony Millers of the world and stuff. So it's, yeah. it, it was a good, it was, it, it was a good start. Uh, somebody's asking, what do I do with Marvin Jones and, 
Tyler Boyd. Uh, you know what? I'll put you guys on my list. I'm going to ask Byron a little bit later whether he about players that he would drop for the, for the, for, the, for these guys. So I'll, I will add those to my list. Meth Hendrickson. Um, uh, but let, let's, but besides Paris Campbell here at the top of the wide receivers, and again, you can find all of this stuff at rosterwatch.com with the ultimate draft cheat sheet. Just a couple clicks of a uh, couple clicks of a mouse, and you have it all right there. You have our recommendations for um, how much to bid, and you have our uh, our sort of listing and our tiers about what to do. It's the simplest way to get your lineup set. I like. I send this, you know, my wife always wants help with, with lineups. And so I just, I send this to her and she finds it extremely easy to get her lineup set. Uh, so let's talk about my bookie.ag. Uh, the promotional offer we have for you guys is awesome. New customers receive a 100% deposit match, which is double your deposit uh, up to $1,000. So if you put in hundred dollars, you get an extra hundred dollars to play with when you use promo code roster at mybookie.ag. It's summertime at my bookie. And that can only mean one thing. It's winter. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. My bookie winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks. Collect your cash, invest in your intuition, select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that brain of yours to good use. Enter promo code ROSTER, all uppercase letters, R-O-S-T-E-R, and double your first deposit. Players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports and the games that you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Again, MyBookie.ag, promo code ROSTER. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way for MyBookie, our good friends over there, let's get to the uh, some of these other guys. We, we already talked about Mike Williams. He should be owned. Somebody in the chat was asking about LaVisca Chenault. Love to see it, don't you, Byron? Is he going is, 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 is to stay as involved once 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 D.D. Westbrook gets back, or are they about to ship D.D. Westbrook off to a coconut island somewhere? Maybe he's one of these guys that's going to get traded off. Yeah, Westbrook is irrelevant to Chenault's role. I mean, he's he's a key cog in that that young offense as they build towards the future, and I don't see his role changing at all. I think we got exactly what we expected out of the gate this time we didn't get as many touches as we wanted but there were versatile touches ended up with the touchdown i think there will be weeks in the future where maybe he doesn't get in the end zone but he gets more touches did you happen to see what and he said he's in a little tear down from some of these other guys some of these rookies that you would have drafted lavisca chenault sammy watkins a lot of these guys you drafted if you were using our cheat sheets at roster watch a little bit farther down and i think just based based on the match the upcoming matchup he might be somebody who we might want to you know, you might want to target a, a little bit higher if you're really looking to win this week. And I, just, I want to make sure it's right. But I believe that, the, yeah, so the Tennessee in week two has Jacksonville at home. And Corey Davis went 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 bananas this 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 last week. And actually, over the course of his last five games, I forgot who, who, who tweeted it out on Twitter. But if you look at his last five games, like he's been more productive than AJ Brown. Um, do, 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 I mean, Corey Davis is a good kind of you know good maybe pick him up and start him this start him this week. I think so. I mean, he was a guy that I think there was just one of those dudes that. Um, 
had some pretty good matchups on paper from all of our uh, preseason tools, Alex, that like you wanted, he wanted, I wanted him to be one of the guys that was like last round, a last round pick at the end of our drafts. But, you know, by the time you had the Paris Campbells and the Chenaults, I mean, he just, he got pushed to being a, basically a, a waiver. You know, like always knew he, there's a good chance he'd be one of the, like a priority waiver pickup pretty early because that's the guys that you can't get in your last round. The guys that are still pretty high on the cheat sheet are like priority Watch list guys is essentially what they are, and that's exactly what we saw to Corey Davis. And I mean, by the way, I mean, you, you just cited that stat about the last five games with Corey Davis. Are you, you concerned about AJ Brown at all? Well, I mean, we didn't take any AJ Brown this year in in, 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 in fantasy. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm concerned. I'm always concerned about about players in fantasy football where we're depending on efficiency to carry over from one year to the next. He was hyper efficient last year. His yards after contact, his yards per catch, none of that stuff was going to be sticky. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about A.J. Brown. Yeah. I love him as a player. Just for fantasy, I'm a little bit worried about having to depend on him. Um, the, the other, just back to the AFC South, back to Paris Campbell. One thing, as long as we're talking about, I just had the upcoming matches pulled up. You saw what Devontae Adams did to the Minnesota Vikings, right, right Byron? And Alan Lazard and, and, and MBS. Paris Campbell gets it, gets it next week. So, just another reason on the fast track at home to be interested in picking him up. If you didn't, I mean, I think he's the highest priority guy on the whole sheet. I mean, uh, he could have been, you should have drafted. He could, you should have, he could have been in his, he could have been in his own tier. I mean, yeah. I didn't just based on different needs for different teams. I didn't want to go there for just one guy, but you'll notice we laid out a pretty robust, you know, max bid for guys like that. And again, you know, we'd, we'd prefer to cultivate the value from the bottom of the sheet on a weekly basis, but dude, there's not often that guys like Paris Campbell are going to drop on the waiver wire this year. If you guys in the chat want to just crowdsource something as we go over just these quick last couple of uh, columns for tight end quarterback and defense, and let us know about players that you're wondering whether or not you should drop to maybe pick up some of these hot waiver wire pickups, whether you're cool to drop them, you can, and I will add them to my list here if I don't already have them listed. All right, Byron, just quickly, quarterback, tight end, defense. We usually kind of fly through this. It's not usually as high priority as running back and wide receiver, but whenever you did mention Logan Thomas, um, my ears my ears perked up because when I was looking at the Washington's, uh, when I was looking at Washington's uh, snap counts, touches, and targets. Logan Thomas led the led the team in targets, and he played seventy four percent of snaps. And they don't, they, you know, the, Jer, Jeremy Sprinkle uh, got zero targets. They the, he's their pass catching tight end. He like, and he looks kind of good. You know, he's he's had a circuit, he's had a circuitous uh, journey to being a tight end for the Washington Football Team, but he looks good. Well, our buddy Matt Kelly has been saying he's going to be this year's Darren Waller. He was a candidate to be that. I mean, I'm not sure I was that bullish just because Waller was actually a former wide receiver, whereas Logan Thomas is a former quarterback, but looks pretty good so far. Um, and you got to love the matchup this week. Uh, I, you know, I wanted Noah Fant. I was actually pleasantly surprised to see how high Noah Fant's ownership was that, you know, it was higher than I expected. So he was unable to make – uh, the waiver wire sheet this week. If he's in your league, he's he's obviously a, a big pickup, especially while Cortland Sutton is out. I think he's going to benefit from that. Um, but uh, if Fant's not available, which he's not in most leagues at this point, um, I, you know, I, I think Logan Thomas is going to be in the pocket for one of the dudes you're looking at here. 
Okay, so some of these guys are starting. Some people are asking. I I can't. I I haven't even, I haven't made the matchup tool yet. I haven't done anything. This is not the time of week to ask sit star questions of me. Ask those closer to Thursday. Um, this is the, you know we're focused right now on, on the waiver wire. I'll get the matchup tool made later today. It'll be up tomorrow. Roster watch. Then we'll start having initial rankings and start having the discussions. But I don't even know who. I'm not. I'm not even entirely sure who Anthony Miller versus Steve Slater. Well, and by, by the way, you, you, they can always use the rankings for sit starts, and yeah. uh, those will be very up to date. You know, before the games start Espe- on Thursday, especially for. I'm just like people ask this wide receiver. I can understand flex rankings, right? But people ask you like a wide receiver versus a wide receiver. It's like you know, there's a tab on the site that says rankings. Um. Okay, but anyway, so uh, so all right, a couple of which which of these guys uh, is there one is one, give the people one defense that, that that you like picking up. If let's say you went and you got last week, you went and you got like Philly and they didn't show up or Indy, you know, and they didn't show up, and you want to drop them and get somebody else to stream. Is there one streamer that's, that's standing out to you? Of course, of course, of course, there's a whole list here, but is there one that stands out? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, I, I guess the. You know, the Titans were a team that on paper looked like they were going to be a good defense to begin the season with the first two weeks of the year. We really didn't get it uh, in the production we wanted last night out of them. But I think you could make the case uh, that if you look at the Vegas line, uh, the Titans are big time home favorites uh, in this one this week. I think that uh, you can make a pretty strong case. The Titans have a bounce back. Hopefully Clowney continues to get more involved. And I'll give you one more, Alex. I mean, I think the Bucks, from a personnel's perspective have a very, very talented defense. I think they're going to be angry and they're going to be returning home uh, for this next game. We've got Carolina coming to town. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Bucks defense do a number this week. The, f- the old football team sure looked good on defense, didn't they? Boy, did that football team look good. That's a nasty front four, man. If you get yeah. them against a bad offensive line, which could be the case even in Arizona, we'll have to look at it. <laughs> it is. Dude, well, it's, I, I'm not they've, sure. They've upgraded it some, you know, but. I, um, but dude, dude, if they keep playing, if they keep playing like this and this defense keeps being this fun to watch and stuff, I love the way that their jerseys look and they should just keep their name the football team. I think it'd be sick. If they have a good season and it's like good karma and everything like that, right? Just, 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 just keep it. I think it's awesome that they're just the football team. Um, okay, I always wanted them to be the Feds, but I think <laughs> the, that is dude, pretty- uh, well, the, the the Washington Feds would be sick. I I had never heard of that before. All right, so uh, we'll just get into it. Do you, do you drop these players for anybody? Let's just say that. Let's just say that for these guys, should we say that because? It'll be, do you do it for Paris Campbell and then do you do it for anybody else? Okay. Um, Marvin Jones. Yeah, I'd drop it for Paris Campbell. Would you drop it for anybody else? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Depends on my wide receiver situation. Yeah. Maybe. What about what about Tyler Boyd after a disappointing opener with I mean, my opinion is I wouldn't drop Tyler Boyd just just yet. I'm not gonna I'm not going to give up on that slot connection with Joe Burrow, especially whenever they get to go to Cleveland and, and travel to to face that decimated cornerback group. I'd consider it for any of the uh wide receivers at the top of the sheet this week. I you would drop Tyler Boyd for one of these guys like Sammy Watkins or something? I would at least consider it. I would think about it. It wouldn't be an instant no. I'd have to think about it. 
Paris Campbell would be the only one. Chenault, maybe. Chenault, I would consider. I love Chenault, dude. I mean, me and Trash Band love Chenault. I'm just I'm, now. I just I'm going to look through the bottom of the rosters. Of some, uh, how about uh, Kipsy is asking? What about dropping Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, um, I kind of want to see. I'd him, like, right? I'd like, I'd like to keep Brandon Ayuk, but uh, I could drop him for any of the top guys on here. I mean, I think you could even maybe drop him for Nikhil Harry if you wanted to. Maybe Adrian Peterson. I don't know. You like Corey Davis? Maybe Kipsy. one of the top tight ends. Kip, Kip, Kipsy asked about Miko Hardman. I think he's fine to drop. Yeah, I mean, he he wasn't anywhere on the draft yeah. radar. We were taking Sammy Watkins over Miko Hardman uh, yeah. every day of the week. Uh, what about Mark? All right, so what about some of these? What about Christian Kirk? Would prefer not to drop him if I didn't need to, but I would drop him for the top wide receivers on the sheet. Uh, how about? Uh, I'm just, I'm just. I went through our league, and I just, look, I was just looking at the guys that people in our league have at the bottom of their rosters, and trying to figure out if they're going to drop him or not. How about Darrington Evans? Is he, is, 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 is he going to get dropped in this first round of waivers? If I'm not a Henry owner, maybe even if I am a Henry owner, I mean, it's McNichols last night, but I mean, McNichols a journeyman. So how about Ju- how about how about Justin Jefferson? It would depend on how deep I was behind Henry in my other league at running back if I was willing to basically leave him un, unhandcuffed. Uh, who was the other one, Justin Jefferson? Yeah, Justin What Jefferson. was his snap count this week, Alex? Uh, it Hold was on. Justin Jefferson had 69% of snaps, but only three targets for two catches and 26 yards. So basically, what was Ola BC snap count? Ola BC Johnson was um, – What's oh is he just goes by BC? Okay, so he was sixty three percent for four targets. So those guys basically the same sixty three versus sixty nine percent. Yeah, I, I would drop Jefferson for the top five or six wide receivers on the sheet. Okay, what about um, how about a couple of Panthers? What about Matt Breida and what about Mike Gesicki? I'm sorry, a, cu- a couple. What did I say? Did I say Panthers? A couple of dolphins. I'm sorry. Well, they really meant it when uh, they indicated Durham Smythe would be the smart, the starter this year. And yeah, Miami. That's. Uh, I mean, I think, think Tua belongs. Do you think Tua and a preemptive move belongs at the bottom of the sheet, Alex? Maybe next week. I think next week will be the week to add him on the very. Mike Gesicki, seventy-three percent snap count, five targets. I'd keep Gesicki if I, you know, unless like if I could pick up one of the tight ends, like if I didn't need him, I would maybe drop him. Or if I could pick up one of the tight ends here, like top three, four guys or so, then I might do it. But I don't think Gesicki's a horrible hold if you look at 73% snap count, five five targets here. I mean, he was the second most targeted player on the team. And, and, and what about Miles Gaskins backup, Matt Breida? <laughs> yeah, I I don't I think you can just move on completely from the Dolphins backfield if you need to. Okay. Um and then, see these are all things what about what about Brashad Perriman? I I never wanted Brashad Perriman anyway, but he did play 100% of snaps. Yeah, I I don't want to own any Jets. I mean, if you have Jamison Crowder or maybe Herndon, I mean Herndon is obviously an interesting guy at tight end. I mean, those are the two. Anybody else, you don't want anything to do with them. What about Damian Harris? Uh, can you hold on to him until he gets back, or is that you? You got to get rid of him, and you got to make moves right now. If you need to get rid of him, you can. You don't have to, but if you need to, you can. 
A few more. Uh, we have Minion Hunter again in t- on the chat asking, what about dropping Madison? Um, he's not a Dalvin Cook owner. He's a trade him to the Cook owner. You yeah. Just drop him. Yeah. Trade, trade him, trade trade him, him and one other guy. Consolidate it's, for it's a better about getting an upgrade. Yep. Open a roster. I do think Minion raised a great point. Two guys will add to this sheet. Alex, I'm looking at it now. It's just a, a QC here. Is I do like the idea of getting Chase Claypool and James Washington on here. Okay. Well, we, we, we'll, we'll get him added on. Um, and then we uh, – the fi- finally, Chris Thompson. He's not involved, right? We can, we, we can ship him out of here, can't we? I mean, you, if you need to, you can. Yeah. I mean, I, I won't be surprised. If you're not going to know when to use him, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we see a little more usage because it just doesn't make any sense what happened. But, uh, uh, yeah, you can drop Chris Thompson if you need to. Yeah.